All right, everybody, welcome back to another awesome episode with Alpha Academy, a cryptopedia for Web3 builders, where we provide company building guide with notable builders and share key insights to their success. So in this episode, we have Siri Torn Sajati Pawan, CSO of Band Protocol with us today, who will be talking with us on developing partnership from the ground up. Hi, Siri Torn, how are you doing? Hi, good to see you. Great to have you here with us today as well. So let's dive straight in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today as like the CSO of Band Protocol? So my name is Sariton and I am the CSO of Band, as you know. I would say let's get back to the beginning. So I used to do engineering at Oxford Uni and then I graduated and I got into consulting for a few years and then I moved to re- to work for a retail giant for a few years and it was then that I get to work with um, some Web3 companies, and I thought it was interesting. It was also about the same time that Ben invited me for an interview. So I got to know the team, got to know what they're doing, and I thought it was very interesting. So I made a move, and, and here I am now. Nice. That's an awesome journey you've got. So now you've, we've mentioned Ban Protocol several times. Can you tell us what is Ban Protocol? Sure. So Ban Protocol is a cross-chain data oracle platform. Um, our aspiration is to build high quality suits of Web3 development products. We are an infrastructure player and our flagship Oracle solution aggregates and connects real world data and API to smart contracts, enabling smart contracts and applications such as decentralized finance applications to be built on chain without relying on a single point of failure of a centralized Oracle. I would say to fully get into what a decentralized Oracle is, it is important to note that blockchain and smart contracts are immensely useful at giving, given the transactions that occur are verifiable due to their deterministic nature. So in short, smart contracts allow us to automate numerous cumbersome processes in a transparent and trustworthy manner. However, there is one problem. Blockchain networks and therefore smart contracts that are built on them cannot access data outside of its own network. And this is where oracles come in. So any generic oracle solution is seen by a smart contract as another smart contract that they can quote-unquote call to get the values they want. So for example, price of assets. In the simplest form, which is a centralized version, the application's owners can create services to query data from the real world and push data to smart contracts by sending transactions. The problem with this model is the fact that it is centralized. Centralized oracles are subjected to two alarming issues. So number one, there is a lack of transparency given it's operated by one entity and therefore you cannot ensure the accuracy of the data. And two, the centralized nature means that there is a single point of failure that could lead to the whole system being compromised. So we have, had seen, we have seen example of this and the collapse of tokens leading to downfalls of associated products or associated protocols that do not leverage a decentralized oracle for their price speeds. So in this sense, a centralized Oracle is not necessarily reliable. Band Protocol operates a decentralized Oracle, leveraging a network of validators and multiple data sources. We, rely, we relay trusted data such as cryptocurrency prices, stock prices, forex and commodity prices onto blockchain to allow smart contracts to access them. Our decentralized Oracle enables various use cases on the blockchain that range from DeFi to gaming and NFTs. Most importantly, our data is secure, reliable, trustworthy, and decentralized so that developers have a solid foundation to build their dApps on. 
without such data, it is impossible to guarantee that the funds are safe. And for example, the borrower will not lose the money using the protocols. And user safety is is, is paramount to us. Mm, that's awesome. So in short, the protocol is built on Banchain using the Cosmos SDK. So basically, what it does is the ban protocol gives all sorts of different off-chain data or real-world data to like different on-chain applications that basically allows the exchange of information. And it's like a chain that's kind of facilitating communication between the other like L1s, L2 solutions, such as like Ethereum, Cosmos, which is really cool. So, and this is Thank like, <laughs> and this is like really important piece of a puzzle for the development of Web3 since it kind of unlocks range of new use cases for these Web3 builders to basically explore since now they can like utilize any kind of real-world data as part of their dApp. So now given BAN protocol is not the only data oracle solutions provider out there, how does BAN distinguish itself from other data oracle solutions? So I would say three things. One is interoperability. As you mentioned, we're from Cosmos SDK. We have enabled IBC for the Cosmos ecosystem, and we are also EVM compatible. I think it is safe to say we're connected to the most L1s and L2s out there, and this coincides with our goal to be an infrastructure provider for all aspiring Web3 builders. I would also say that there is flexibility if you use band protocol. We offer what we call band standard data sets, and on top of that, we are also able to onboard other custom feeds that our partner requests, so be it stock tickers or Forex. Furthermore, the feeds themselves can be customized to the use cases so the partners themselves can determine the frequency or interval that they prefer or even accept a deviation or confidence intervals they're comfortable with. And thirdly, we provide fast service. So as a service provider, we work hand-in-hand with our partners to ensure the security and reliability of our product on their platforms. Should there be any issues, given the volatility of the market, <laughs> our team is always available to support for teams. Sounds amazing. So interoperability, flexibility, and fast service. You have it all at band protocol. So, all right, uh, now let's move on to today's main topic, which is the partnership development. So for our builders out there listening, could you perhaps share a bit on how you started building your partnerships? Yeah, so actually BAN has been around for a while. So we have both inbound and outbound partners, but the process for forming new partnerships is, is rather similar. We take the screening process very seriously. We have to do background research on the technical end and also set up a few meetings with them to really understand and get to know what they're trying to achieve. Right, okay. So how do you identify your key partners? So like most crypto projects, we look for partners with strong fundamentals that have the potential to grow their ecosystem or product, depending on who they are, right? So in terms of ecosystem, the most attractive players are those we believe have the capability to onboard quality dApps or even build their own. For the dApps themselves, their team stats and roadmaps speak for themselves. Mm, yeah, I agree. Like that's like one of the most important characteristics you should look for in a partner. So like... In order to have like a strong long-term partnership, they must have long-term vision and be able to grow. And it's like a strong team with the right mindset is exactly. very crucial. Yeah. So is there anything else you particularly look for in a partner? Um, so we're quite a small company and we work really close together with our team. And we really value the different perspective of, let's say, our, BT, our BD, our tech, our integration and our marketing teams. 
So we try to get to understand the, to an understanding of how they feel about the other project too. The bottom line really is we look for people who are aligned with us, with our goals, and who we want to work with. Right. So what were the procedures you took to develop the partnership with the ecosystem players and like have that change over the years? Well, whilst we're always keen and open to any partners interested in our project, so anyone can come and talk to us, really. We do careful research on each project before deciding to proceed. This, in a way, is also linked to the fact that we want to be able to give maximum service support to our partners, and we cannot just take on everyone, right? So over the years, we have been trying to partner up with projects that have strong fundamentals and a long-term outlook, and, and that hasn't changed yet. Right. Okay. So it has been like several years now of like continuously developing partnerships. So which approach do you think was the most effective for you to contact your desired partners? <laughs> so through building a network of connections, I would say crypto industry is, is relatively small and a small community and, and everyone knows everyone. And actually we land many partnerships, deals, we're word of mouth. So once our partner knows our quality and is happy with the service they've received, they would recommend us to their partners or peers in the space. And that's, that's been a very effective way for us. Nice. So any events you go to that have really good networking opportunities? There were several events that we went to that have great working, networking opportunities, such as Web3 Founders and also developer sessions hosted by Google, as well as conferences like the TechSource Global Summit, I would say. The audience, though, depends on the session, and we get to hear it from founders and developers in the space. So as an infrastructure player, it helps us better understand their pain points and what we could solve for them. There were also opportunities to discuss with VCs and investors on what, they, what have been their top-of-mind technology and trends that they're interested in. Apart from that, there are also hackathon events and incubation programs that we can apply to to help expand the network. Participating in these events help you get more exposure for your project and consequently get attention from big investors, influencers, and potential partners especially programs that are organized by projects that have lost experience building in Web3 because not only can they provide mentorship, but they can or they'll also have connections with many industry leaders that will definitely be valuable for, for your project. There are also events going on throughout the year for Web3 builders to network. So I would say follow your potential partner on social media, especially on Twitter, to see what kind of events they're likely to attend. They're the ones you should be joining. Events that will help you get mass awareness for your project or help you tap into a new group of users are also worth attending. Make conversation with as many people as you can. The more people you talk to, the, the greater the chances you'll find your partners. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. Like at Alpha Venture Dial, we also host hackathon events from time to time. And we have an incubation program as one of the key areas in our ecosystem, which is Alpha Incubate. And this is where we onboarded over. 70 thought leaders in global firms in Web3 who serve as our alpha network to like support these Web3 builders in building and launching their projects. So these includes like Amazon, AWS, Multicoin, Jason Choi, and these all in net alpha network that will help to us to mentor our incubators. So beside that, as we are also builders ourselves with like track record of building a billion dollar product like Homera. We're also like capable of identifying those 
moving pieces that basically only experienced builders will know. And so by the time we publish this episode, the application for the next batch of our incubation will be open, and which is 1st of September till the 15th of October. So guys, check out our website, alphaventuredow.io slash incubate and to apply and learn more about this. So anyway, coming back to you, any techniques you can help share to, I mean, any techniques you can share to help finalize a deal with your partners? So I would say it's an ongoing thing. And on top of outlining the key strengths of our product and services, building a solid relationship with the partner is very important. There's no special technique. We all have to remember that we're just interacting with another human, human being or another person. So if they enjoy working with us, they will probably choose us. So like I mentioned, it's, it's an ongoing relationship building kind of thing. Mm. So what would be your advice for startups that are just starting to find partnerships for the first time? Uh, I would say, number one, you need to know your product really well. Like, know what and how you're going to sell it. Know your competitive landscape and who you're up against. Find out your unique selling point or competitive advantage against your competitors. This can be as simple as pricing, but it has to be sustainable for you. So find out what works in your particular context. Three, I would say find your target customer by knowing which problems you will help solve for them. Some people may be looking for cheaper prices, but others may be looking for more support services, such as after-sales maintenance and monitoring. And I would then say, go for it. Go networking and, and win some deals. Nice. So very great advice. So I believe that maintaining the partnerships that you have is no less important than making new partnerships. So for you, how do you guys maintain the relationship you have with your partners? So on the tech side, our integration and our technical teams actually are always available for support. We have communication channels that our partners can tap into. So should they have any questions, they can always chat to us. On top of that, we also have bi-weekly meetings with some of our strategic partners where, where we work together on a new product or service for them. On the business side, I would say we can split it into, it into BD and marketing. From the BD angle, we try to get to, in touch with them as much as we can. We send them updates on our products, current developments, and also roadmap. And if applicable, we share with them the contacts in our ecosystem. So contacts that could be, be useful for them. From the marketing angle, we work with our partners on co-marketing activities, such as events, announcements, content in both short and long form as well as things like podcasts and Twitter space. We also support our partners to spread the words for the new developments tool so we can tap into a community to spread the words. We want to be able to create a supportive and positive relationship as at the end of the day, we would like to grow together within this industry. Yeah, that's a very well laid out structure you've got, which is great. So how about partnerships with Web2 companies looking to transition into Web3? Like, What's your take on that? This is a very interesting question for us. As we are specialists in being a data provider in Web3, we have really been thinking hard about strengthening this. And, and I, I would say there are two areas that come into mind. One, we would love to and look forward to working with Web2 data providers that want to pivot into Web3 and believe we can support them or help them make the transition or move. So we're building out an infrastructure part that should make this easier to happen. Secondly, we are looking to increase our capabilities of being the bridge on-chain and off-chain in data and information. I cannot say much as of now, but P2 
please stay tuned for our next development in the space that will take band protocol to, I would say, new heights. Exciting. So if you're Web2 data provider looking to pivot into Web3, be sure to reach out to these guys. So last question, but definitely not least, anything else you'd like to share with our founders, especially first-time founders? Yeah. So I definitely have your eyes on the prize. Set your goals and work backwards to pinpoint where your milestones need to be. Build a strong team and surround yourself with good people and support system. These are not easy things to do and will also take time. So I would say patience and resilience will be key in order to, to see it through. Nice. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for joining us today. What a, an amazing discussion we had. So once again, listeners, check out Band Protocol on bandprotocol.com or like you can follow them on Twitter at Band Protocol to stay updated on their latest news. And also, you can also follow Osiri Torn at C-S-I-R-E-E underscore phone, F-O-N. So if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe to receive notifications of our new clips. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode and see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me.